all this out. You know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually like, Cause, cause they will leave it in. And I'm like, what the fuck? Welcome back to Where's My Stick? Uh, my name's Danielle. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Christy. And we are back. And I know we said that the last time, but no, like, we're honestly back. (laughs) Um, We have, it's been like a couple weeks, and I think now we can kind of get a good gauge on, like, what's going on in the NHL, even though it's kind of crazy, um, and, like, where teams are. But before we start evaluating teams, um, we're going to talk about some of the hot topics that, or recent topics that happened in the NHL. One of the biggest stories is Don Cherry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, Don oh. Cherry was let go from Sportsnet. Or let go, fired, or relieved from his duties. I don't know. Whatever they like to say. The nice term. But anyway, Relieved just, from his duties. Yeah, he will no longer be on Hockey Night in Canada with like Ron McLean. So let's start from the beginning. Um, November 9th, he made some xenophobic and offensive comments about immigrants. Um... So there was a quote that had like the, the the meat of that, his comments, and it said, you people love our way of life, love our m- milk and honey. At least you can pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys paid, these guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. So <laughs> Sportsnet um, had a response later, I want to say the next day. Um, so on the 10th, and he said, they Sportsnet released a spo- uh, response that said, Don's discriminatory comments are offensive. They do not represent our values and what we stand for as a network. We have spoken to Don about the severity of the issue, and we sincerely apologize for these diverse remarks. Divisive remarks? Yeah. Okay. Divisive? Divisive remarks. Anyway, these shitty remarks. That's what they basically mean. <laughs> and that was from the president of Sportsnet. Then Ron McLean came on and he tweeted this out and sent out a video where he said, I want to sincerely apologize to our viewers and Canadians during last night's broadcast. Don, Cher- Don made some comments that were hurtful and prejudiced, and I wish I had handled myself differently. It was a dis- divisive moment, and I am truly upset at myself for allowing it. I've worked with Don for 30 years, and we both love hockey. But last night, I know we failed you. I see hockey as a part of us that you... Oh, wait. I see hockey as a part that unites us. And I have the honor of traveling across our country to celebrate Canada's game. And our diversity is one of our country's greatest strengths. There was still, like, a huge uproar on Twitter. And so the next day, November 11th, Sportsnet relieved Jerry of his duties. They released a statement saying, sports brings people together. It unites us, not divides us. Following further discussion with Don Cherry after Saturday night's broadcast, it has been decided that it's the right it's the right time for him to immediately step down. During the broadcast, he made some divisive remarks that do not represent our values or what we stand for. Don is synonymous with hockey and has played in has played an integral role in growing the game over the past 40 years. That's interesting. Um, We would like to thank him for his contributions to hockey and the sports broadcasting in Canada. Then, after that, of course, of course, Greg Wazinski had something to say. And he said, so, okay, there was a source that said Don Cherry fired. He co-tweeted and said, I had a source tell me that the apologies over the weekend were were trial balloons in the hopes that this would blow over. It didn't. And then, probably like 20, 25 minutes later, after that tweet reached a ton of people, or got had a lot of activity, 
he retweeted, he quote tweeted it and said uh, that other sources said that this was not true, but there were a ton of misinformation going around about the firing of Cherry. Those are all the facts. Don has later come out and like said his piece on Fox News. <laughs> Which makes Seriously? sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's Fox horrible. News oh, yeah. or someone similar. Yeah, no, it was legit Fox News. Uh, I, oh. we will, I will retweet it from our um, podcast account so you guys can go and find it there. But yes. So, our thoughts on Don Cherry's comments, the handling of the firing, and him no longer being, back, being on Sportsnet. I think I just have so many random thoughts. I didn't I feel like he said something similar before, and I'm just kind of wondering how this is the one that kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. Like, how, like, this incident in particular. Because I feel like literally, like, every other week or, like, at least once a month, Mm -hmm. someone, like, takes a video of him on Hockey Night in Canada, and he's saying something, like, crazy and we all laugh about it on twitter and yet he still has a, a job i'm 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 glad he's fired first of all you're like 86 like you shouldn't be working anyway like you know like retire but i'm glad i'm glad i don't have to not see those clips on twitter anymore and like i guess um the sale of poppies in canada i guess they were down and I guess it does go to like a charity that helps veterans or whatever or something like that but I just think it's so funny how he automatically assumes that it's like immigrants that don't buy it (laughs) that don't buy it or like and if it and if it is that population why why instead of like being like shame on you for not like buying this this poppy thing or whatever well like if you're if you know that they're immigrants and they come over why not spend that time to educate them and actually tell them like what the poppy means and what it symbolizes and why we buy it like on remembrance day or whatever like i just feel like he's just (laughs) xenophobic and it finally bit him in the ass I just something that kept sticking out to me, um, particularly from Sportsnet's um, statements, is when they would say that um, he made de- divisive remarks that do not represent our values or what we stand for. But like for the past 40 years or however long he's been on Hockey Night in Canada, he's been saying stuff like this and mm-hmm. they've been standing by it. So it's looking at those comments, I I think made me more. Um, believing of Wyshynski saying that like they'd had hopes that it would blow over. Um, of course, who knows if that's true or not, but um, I could definitely see that that's what they were trying for. And then I think that Ron McLean's response was um, a little bit like surprisingly good. Again, I don't know how sincere it is, but I think that um, if he could like hold himself to that in the future, and if he's ever, you know, presenting with someone who says something that, you know, is xenophobic or offensive in any way that he would, you know, um, handle himself differently. I think I think that he just touched on some things that you don't hear a lot in these types of apologies. Yeah, Kelsey, I definitely agree with you. And um, I actually I agree with both of you on all the points that you made. I think that 
I think that Sportsnet kind of thought this would blow over. And I think that the climate in Canada is different now than it was maybe a year ago or years before because of the recent elections and the stuff that's come out about like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Is he the Prime yeah. Minister? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Re-elected. Yeah. And like the things coming out, like, I mean, a lot of people have compared it to like his blackface and that he did and, um, and just like other incidents. And I think that the political climate there is very much aware. And there's a large subsection that's speaking up on the in, that on the racism and the xenophobic comments because, um, you know, because I feel like, you know, what happened in America is kind of like on a lower level maybe happening in Canada. So they are more sensitive to these and people are speaking up, which is a good thing, I think, you know, and... I think that Sportsnet really just tried to smooth over stuff and I don't I don't take their comments sincere at all but I I do think that Ron McLean's um apology was good because it wasn't like it was him saying like listen I messed up and that's not right and I need right. to do better and like you said when people apologize for stuff or when they like comment on the remarks that they made or things that they did or didn't do they never really say well, you never really hear them say, listen, I messed up and it's wrong and I need to do better and I want to do better and try, we'll try to do better in the future. No one really says that. So I just think overall, I don't really have a game in the fight because I don't watch Sportsnet. I don't watch Hockey Night in Canada unless I'm like forced to through like the NHL app or like streaming online. So, you know, I don't, this doesn't affect me on the day-to-day things. Um, thankfully, like, all the people that you used to be in my mentions about Don Cherry will, I mean, they can go cry about it um, because he's no longer there. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> but I'm also happy for, like, kids who, you know, watch Hockey Night in Canada and, like, live, breathe, and eat everything that, you know, they the, the commentators <clears throat> say won't have to deal with the xenophobic comments, hopefully, uh, um, from Don Cherry anymore. And, you know as a gateway to welcoming people people into the sport of hockey, hopefully it'll be more inclusive because a voice that for years has been toxic and has talked down to multiple multiple hockey players and just different um, nationalities and just from different ethnical backgrounds. He has just been a toxic voice um, for years, for decades, and now he's no longer there. And I hope that the next generation, um, it's better for them than the generation that came before. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, we all know that, like, while Don Cherry is one of, like, the biggest and most recognizable um, mouthpieces to what's wrong with hockey culture, I think we know that, you know, he's not, not everything's going to, like, domino effect fall behind him now that he's gone. Yeah. But do you think that, um, you know, Sportsnet taking this, however, insincere stand do you think that it will make a change in at least like sports hockey media maybe and how and like what's permitted and how because we've also been seeing something that i think is interesting is um you know particularly around the austin matthews incident um we've been seeing you know the way that um commentators are just making offhand comments in the midst of a game and how you know I think more focus is being put on that and asking them to take responsibility for that and how they sometimes trivialize what the players will do off ice. So I don't know if maybe you think 
hockey media is becoming more aware of these issues and what like the fan base is really um, going to accept moving forward? Uh, I think that's a good question. I don't know. I think that, you know, fans now are holding more commentators uh, to their actions. Um, but I think it's just so deeply ingrained into them. I don't know if, you know, there'll be a domino effect or, you know, we'll start seeing better commentators or more acceptable, like socially acceptable ones or just tolerant ones. I'm not sure because, I mean, there was a clip going around of the home broadcast for the Canes and he talked about how, I guess, I think, is it Evgeny Svechnikov? Yes. Andre Svechnikov. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and how he's not like other Russians and like, he just like, you know, talking about the negative, the negative connotations of Russians and like, you know, the like, tri- like, I mean, when we w- watch Miracle, those be- like those same beliefs of how Russians are. He was talking about yeah. that on the broadcast and praising Svechnikov for the fact that he's not like that, which is like so, in- so inappropriate and rude to me that I just like, I mean, that guy still has a job. That guy didn't have to apologize for his comments. So. I mean, well, to be fair, I don't know, but I didn't see any follow up from that. And it's just like exhausting. But I don't know if I necessarily see a see that a change is going to happen. I I, maybe I'm just being jaded and like I'm just sick of it, but I don't think so. But who knows? Who knows? I think like during comment, like um, for commentators, it can often be played as like, oh, like, well, it was just a joke or I'm just saying something to be, like, interesting to kind of keep the flow of the game, like, interesting. So I don't, I feel like that wouldn't be taken as seriously as, like, Don Cherry, like, very, very calculatedly, like, going on this, like, rant and not talking about, like, hockey. Whereas, like, I, I feel like with, um commentators is more like yeah they're kind of just like freestyling just saying stuff so it's not like it wasn't premeditated yeah it's not like premeditated so i can i can see people being able to be like well i don't actually like think that all russians are like crazy it's i'm just saying like it's just just like an offhanded comment so i don't think and like i wasn't really thinking or something yeah 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 and i think i think that like don cherry's can seem very much like like racist and like xenophobic and being like well you people come over here yeah. whereas like um Andre he's not like it's still kind of xenophobic but it's still like I'm just I'm just like joking or yeah. and it's pointing out one person not a whole yeah. group of people yeah even though he's still like stereotyping like the a whole, group yeah. of people yeah and also, we got to think about it is that, like, the Canes broadcast reached how many people versus Hockey Night in Canada, which reaches <laughs> times how many people, yeah. you know? Like, it's just, like, so many people saw that and had something to say, whereas, like, I don't know if a, that many people saw that Canes commentator. <laughs> Can we talk about how Don Cherry was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything until the next broadcast because he was like so sure that he was going to keep his job because it wasn't that serious to him. And he was just like, yeah, like, yeah, like I didn't, 
I I stand by everything I said. I just wouldn't have said you people. I just would yeah. have said like everyone. And it's just like, well, maybe you should have thought of that. <laughs> like, yeah. It just shows the arrogance of him to me. Like, the fact that... And I mean, why wouldn't he? He's been saying this for years. I think one of the first things that I've ever heard about um, Don Cherry was, like, him saying something extremely shitty about Malkin. And I was like, fuck that guy. So, like, he's been saying this for decades, and nothing has Mm -hmm. happened. So why wouldn't he feel confident that he would be back the next um, game? Just like Ron... um, Like, Ron's response during the segment, he was kind of just like nodding along and like you know doing a thumbs up so i think i don't know if they like tune him out or they kind of just like don't really listen to him well they let him speak freely for sure and yeah it's just like that's so wild but people but like so many that's what he's been doing for years and so many canadians love that yeah because like i mean when i first got into hockey like I could hear so many people like Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde be like, oh, you know, Don Cherry's just like your racist uncle. Like, yeah, it's not right, but you know how you just let your racist uncle talk? I'm like, no. I have always been like, excuse me, that's racist. Or like, can you not talk like that? Or like, that's not right to say. Mm -hmm. So I don't, maybe I'm just different. I think that's why I like Ron, Ron, um, McLean? McLean's. I think I like that's why I liked his um, like response so much because yeah. he was just like my inaction was mm-hmm. really harmful instead of being like I'm sorry if anything that I did offended you. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, and like saying instead of putting it on like what you how you felt, it's like no, what I did. Yeah, yeah. or didn't do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, All right. Any last thoughts? We are moving on to some women's hockey in Pittsburgh. So, um, last week, Pittsburgh held a joint camp between the USA and Canadian women's national teams in Pittsburgh. Um, so this was a unique joint training camp that replaced the Four Nations Cup, which was originally scheduled to take place this month, but was canceled. Um, and they said that this uh, like joint camp uh, serves as a preview for the five rivalry series Oh, the five-game rivalry series uh, between the U.S. and Canada held in December through January. Um, And our very own Kelsey was there. So, Kelsey, I think, did you attend practices and games or just practices? Oh, okay. (laughs) The intention, it's a thing. The intention was to attend practices and the games, but... Mm -hmm. My dad and I were going to go together, and he thought I was getting the tickets, and I thought he was getting the tickets. <laughs> by the time we realized that we didn't have tickets, they were all sold also, out. Yeah. But um, I'd been attending practices, so that kind of made up for it. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I'm yeah. sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> they, it seemed like they sold out pretty quickly. Like They did. Yeah. They did. Which is good. Which is so good. Yes. Yeah. I think... Um, I had actually called the Penguins ticket office to just be like, do you know if, because you know how like sometimes before like NHL games, like the day before they're like released tickets that they've been holding for whatever reason. I just called and said like, do you have any idea if that will happen? And he said, no, you know, they sold out. They sold out like really quickly. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. And I'm really concerned that he thought I was being sarcastic or like being like catty and being like, oh, that's great. But Yeah. um, yeah, they did sell out really quickly, which is great. And I want a women's team in Pittsburgh so badly, 
And I keep hearing rumors that, like, they're really high up on, like, the expansion list, Mm -hmm. like, possible expansion list. Then I'm like, but Hillary Knight would be so mad at us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, she might be. Um... (laughs) But there was so there were practices. um, And then there are also there was a clinic for girls youth hockey players that they held there. And I think the Lemieux twins, um, they like showcased their uh, shootout goals. And and it just seemed like there were tons of opportunity for Pittsburgh fans and like fans of, of women's hockey to just meet all the players, which is like so unique. And like, it's amazing that was like in your backyard. It, yes, it was very amazing. And one thing that I noticed is that they really made an effort to also have practices later in the day. So I guess mm-hmm. like if kids, you know, were at school or something, mm-hmm. they still had a chance to come out and see everyone. And yeah, everyone was so lovely and so like interactive with the crowd that was there. And it was, it was very special. And I feel very, um, I guess, just happy to have been able to be there and happy for the support that, you know, the penguins gave to them. Yeah. I mean, they really did do it first class. Like I know I always, people always say the penguins doing stuff first class, but it really was (laughs) like, it seemed like, I mean, from an outsider looking in and I don't live in Pittsburgh, so I wasn't able to attend to any of the games or practices or anything, but I was so up to date because like, obviously if you keep the, um, if you have like notifications for the Pittsburgh, like the Penguins uh, Twitter account, they tweeted out every, like so many things. They had articles that Michelle like was like their, the Penn's inside scoop were like following the girls around and like writing articles on them. The Twitter account was like tweeting out fun stuff, quote tweeting them. Um, And then they tweeted out during the games as if it was like a Penguins game, which I really appreciated because I wasn't able to watch the games. And I wasn't able, so I just followed along on Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I just thought that was, like, perfect. They really you know, did a good job. I thought it was really interesting the way that, um, and I'm going to guess that this was the um, PWHPA, is that it? Oh, yeah. Professional yeah. Women's Hockey Players That's, Association. Yeah. Um, but the streaming service that they chose, you had to pay, like, $30. Oh, and like yeah, I did hear about that. On the one hand, I do think that like obviously it's a level of play that I think deserves like thirty dollars to watch, but at the same time, if you're trying to really grow the game, I think you'd want to make it more accessible and like Twitch stream, you know, kind of like the NWHL yeah. does or something like that. But um so I wasn't able to watch it either. Yeah, I just it it was just very heartwarming to be there and be around everyone being so excited to like see these amazing female athletes and yeah yeah and to like piggyback off what you said about the the amount like I see I just don't get why like something like that wasn't for like the five game rivalry series because at least yeah they were paying for 30 30 dollars for five games so it kind of <laughs> makes they're like all right that I can do because like 30 dollars <laughs> For two games, it's kind of like the price of the AHL stream, and you get like all of like um, almost all the games. So that kind of I don't know. I mean, I know that they need to. I know they need the money, mm-hmm. so they need to make a profit off this. I just kind of like agree with you. Wish it was kind of for like the five game rivalry series or something yeah. like that. That's like more yeah. substantial. 
unless they like were like they were videotaping the practices i just would want kind of more for my money which maybe might seem a little bit like oh danielle but like also i'm poor help me so (laughs) 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 but to recap those games so game one canada won well canada won both so let's start off with that did they cheat they might Uh, probably (laughs) um and so the first game they won four to one um, and then the second game, they won five to three. And, like, I just want to know, during, like, the USA practices, like, did they talk about who they played for? Because, like, that always gets me riled up. Uh, they didn't. And I think they should have. Maybe the games yeah. would have had a different outcome if yeah. they had. It's hard because, you know, like, when you have that nationalism in you, you know, it's hard <laughs> to turn it off. So they really should turn it off. No, I'm just kidding. They're phenomenal, and they could all kick my ass, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> and honestly, it would be an honor if they did. <laughs> like, I, I'm doing my due diligence as a member of the United States of America. Like, so um, some Pens players were there. I know offhand Jared McCann was there rooting for Canada. Um, we forget. He's Canadian. That. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Nick Bukestad, who was rooting for Team USA. And he like played with some like four of the girls um, on that the national team uh, when he was like in college. And he specifically played with Amanda Kessel. And let's just talk about Amanda Kessel. It's so good to see her I back in Pittsburgh. Her. Like I <laughs> truly. I'm shaken with how much that like I am shook that she's not like she doesn't consider Pittsburgh home. I mean, well, she never really did, but she would talk about how like they've had tons of um, holidays in Pittsburgh, and it's just like God, like Phil's Castle really isn't. <laughs> Honestly, Amanda, if you want to do like a roommate situation, I would be open to that. I'm just putting it out into the universe. So Ryan Graves had an article uh, in the APnews.com. Uh, it was released November 10th. He spoke to several women hockey players. And there was a comment specifically from Hillary Knight that a lot of people, like, it, it just rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, they talk about the NHL being uh, remaining reluctant to take uh, with the National Women's Hockey League or reluctant to take over. He talks about how the NHL remains reluctant to take with the National Women's Hockey League um, still in play. Literally, it says take with, not to take over. So do with that what you will. While the Canadian Women's Hockey League closed after 12 years of operating last spring due to part competition with the NWHL for talent, the five-team WHL is in its midst of its fifth season. Um Go, move, going on with or without the same star power. And Hillary Knight said, it's a glorified beer league to me. Um, it's serving a purpose, but it's not elite, but it's not elite talent, elitely talented players that are playing at a high level. Um, and okay. So that was Hillary Knight's comments that seemed to rub people the wrong way in several different ways. Um, what do you ladies think about it? I don't. I don't know. I I I feel her frustration because I feel like she's played for the CWHL and she's played for the NWHL. So it's like obviously she's looking for some place to play that would work for her and like work for women that's like sustainable. And I don't think she's 
found it. I think she really liked playing in the CWHL. But I also think that, like, when everybody was playing for, like, the NWHL, like, it was elite, talented players. But now it might not be because everyone's left for the PW, the women's, the PW. Yes, yes. And I don't know. I just, I mean, like, I, I, I get it. But also... I don't know. I, I feel her frustration. Like, I'm frustrated from the outside because I don't see, like, a, a solution and because I don't think the NHL stepping in is the solution. So, like, I don't see a solution, like, from the outside. So I can only imagine, like, being, a like, trying to be a professional women's hockey player, like, all that frustration and, like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, and I, I think, and again, I mean, I obviously can't know for sure but is I almost feel like her comments were more on the organization and maybe like the management of the league and how you know it's not receiving the resources that it needs to be successful so it's just like a beer league like you come in you do your thing and then like it's not too serious when it is you know a a professional league and it should be treated that way and it should make it more sustainable so that the elite talents you know the women's national team um can be a part of it and succeed at it i guess and not you know have the difficulties with you know salaries and living situations and all of the uncertainty that comes with you know a still very unstable league yeah i obviously agree with both of you i feel like this the stance that i'm about to take is a bad one (laughs) that's also just like my opinion so let me preface that I think that even though she is frustrated and even though you know even though she's frustrated I don't think kind of calling out that other league was the best way to do it just because yes she's fighting for a better tomorrow and she's fighting for the girls who are playing in that league because she's trying to get everyone to have an equal, like to be able to have a sustainable way of life um, and be able to reach their peak and perform at a high level and like, and still not have to work a full-time job, you know? But I think that, you know, calling that league a beer league, while it may be true, it's just not right because I just don't know how the girls that play in that league would feel with that. Because I'm thinking of like, you know, whatever happens and they end up playing together and like people will be hurt with those comments. And I think that the media can just construe, like they specifically construe what women say to make Mm -hmm. it catty against each other. And like, I just think that, you know, that article all we got was a clip of the the negative clip of it. No, like, I don't know. I, I didn't hear about it. And that's upsetting to me in like a positive way. Um, or I didn't hear about it in a positive way. And that's upsetting to me. I heard about the negative comments and that's what drew me to the, to the article. And so, I mean, take from that what you will, but I just feel like pitting the two teams against each other isn't going to make a you like, it isn't going to help in the long run. Right. 
So that's just kind of how I feel. At the yeah. end of the day, like, I also have seen people say, like, she's frustrated. And instead of asking her questions like that, why don't you talk about, why don't you, like, as a, a reporter, you know, figure out what is, like, what what's her animosity between the other leagues? What is the other leagues, like, you know, trying to do to better the future? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get, I, I completely understand holding, like, you know, the news outlet um, accountable for this. But at the end of the day, like, those are her words, and you it's hard to take them back. And maybe she doesn't want to. And if she does, and she's like, listen, I stand by what I said, then listen, she stands by what she said. <laughs> but I just think that, I don't know, for me, I wouldn't have said it like that just because I think of, like, what's your relationship going to be with the girls who are playing now? You know, after. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because, like, those girls they're doing their best like they're exactly and like some of the girls are getting opportunities to play in a league which it's obviously not the best league in the world but those girls like you think about some of them if the league joined if they both both sides joined together they would not be playing professional hockey just because they just wouldn't make the cut so like those girls like i just think about some of those girls are just like hey man i'm trying my best i'm like you know skating my ass off every night after working eight hours a day Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I don't know. I think about those people and I feel bad, but I understand, like both you guys said, I understand her frustrations. I understand and I get it. And I don't fault her for saying what she said. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think it's interesting. I haven't seen um, like any sort of response from her. No, So I haven't seen that either. I guess maybe she does stand by it or maybe she just hasn't. Maybe they were just like, (laughs) maybe her, her like, the or the the you know players association is just like hey let's just not speak on this right yeah because like the nwhl released a like a response to that too and it was kind of like we're not gonna like dignify we're not like please don't ask us for responses we're not gonna you know we see that people on the other side are calling us names and stuff like that and we're not gonna stoop down to that level we support them and what they're doing and we would wish they would support us and it's just like wow yeah. So, and I just really want there to be like a successful women's league. Me really too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically in Pittsburgh, specifically in Philadelphia or DC. Yes. Even though they'll probably be a rival to Pittsburgh, and I'm gonna have to leave for both. Yeah. But... I, I hate not like I hate talking about women's hockey. Like I <laughs> feel like no, she hates talking feel, about it. I feel like like I don't know enough, but like I feel like I also feel like. Do you think they might be expecting too much too quickly? Because I see they're like, oh, like, um, they look at the NW, the N, the the WNBA. Yes. They look at the WNBA and it's just like, that league has been around for like 25 years. And like, yeah, they have support from the NBA now, but they have support from the NBA now, like not before so I wonder if it's like, and it's like the NHL can barely run itself and they're not making money for themselves. So I can't imagine how much help they would be for a women's hockey league. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel not like discouraged, but like I, I don't see like a possible solution currently. And that's really frustrating just like I don't know what they're gonna do yeah 
I think that brings up a good question of like, you know, if not now, then when though? You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, do we have to wait 25 years to get a seat at the table? But like, you know, or or like, you know, when people say, you know, it's a long haul. This is a long game. You have to play the long game. But it's just like to I get the frustration. Where it's like, well, you know, we need to demand it now. We don't like it's like it just doesn't. It's not right to make these players wait and be like, okay, well, the next generation will have to fight for it or the next or the next generation after that. But I, I completely understand your point where it's like, I don't want the any the NHL to run this league because they're fucking batshit crazy and they yeah. don't know what the hell they're doing. And, you know, think about it. These, these players don't even make what they're worth. So it's like, you know, you know, dang on well, the women aren't going to make what they're worth, but... I understand their frustration where it's like, we want it and we want it now. Cause I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when there's like the, M- the NA, the NHL is always like sprinkling little hints. Like we have a plan. We're not going to do anything, but it's like, Oh, we have like a full blown, like, you know, proposal ready, but it's like, we're not, we're not going to step in, but it's just right here. So it's just yeah. like, well, what the fuck? So. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I, I guess I like, Especially Hillary Knight, where, like, she's 30 now. So, like, obviously, like, she's not going to be playing hockey for that much longer. Yeah. So, I, like, I see her wanting to be, like, I've been playing hockey for, like, this amount of years. And we still don't have, like, a foundation for yeah. a women's hockey league or a sustainable one. And I think that's where she's at. And I think that's where a lot of them are at in the PWHA. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I completely agree. And I didn't even realize she was 30. Like, ugh. Yeah, like, she just won gold. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and, like, I I completely understand where it's, like, you know, this is so corny. But, like, in Girl Scouts, they would always tell us, like, leave this, like, leave wherever you're using better than how you mm-hmm. arrived, right? And, like, she's probably feeling that way. Like, is it different than when she started playing hockey? Like you said, there's no solid stable foundation for anyone who wants to play hockey in the long run for women and you know that's so depressing yeah um you know so it's it's definitely a hard situation to be in like what if they like i don't know look outside of the nhl and like look at the like the wnba Instead of like looking at the NHL for support, why don't they look at other women's leagues for from other sports I for think, support? Like you know, I think because the other women's sports are still are fighting for the same thing. Yeah, like the N the uh, NBA doesn't have enough resources to be like here, let us help you. Because yeah. I mean, some of their their players are still taking commercial flights and getting like you know. And getting like delays and not getting an, enough sufficient like a sufficient sleep, um, they they're not treated like near the level that NBA players are. So like that you look at the NBA and you think, oh my gosh, this is the league that this this could be us, but they're still fighting for like the bare minimum as well. And I just yeah. don't think they have the foundation to help them. You look at women's soccer, they're still fighting for a foundation. I mean, look at the women's national soccer team. They were fighting for, like, respect. So <laughs> and it's they like, actually yeah. win. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, no matter, like, what sport you're kind of like, women's sports in general don't get the respect and don't have a foundation, honestly. Like, they're, like, 
it's hard for these women to or these women to have sustainable lives and that's yeah. upsetting that sucks hey everyone thank you so much for listening to where's my stick as you can see we have a ton of fun on our podcast if you ever thought about starting your own podcast you should take a look into anchor if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there's even a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere from Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. Yeah, and you can even make money from your podcast right from the beginning with no minimum listenership, which was great for us as a growing podcast. And I know it'll be great for you, too. It's basically everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So um, let's look at the standings. So Washington, the Islanders, Philadelphia for the Metro. Atlantic is Boston, Montreal, Florida, wildcard. Uh, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and the Central, St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, Pacific, Edmonton, Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver, Calgary, and Vegas. Ooh, Winnipeg just missed it. Oh, I don't. Look at Christie's face. (laughs) (laughs) So, any surprises? Many. Um, Okay. Arizona is out there succeeding. You're welcome yeah. for Phil Kessel. You're, you're welcome. And they're all Can healthy you... so far. Yeah. Yeah. And they were almost in the playoff picture last season. It's just they were not healthy. That's true. So finally, health and wealth, a.k.a. Phil Kessel, <laughs> is, means playoff picture currently. Um, but I'm, like, happy for the Yotes. As long as they don't beat the Penguins, which I think they will. <laughs> I'm, as of right now, I'm happy for Edmonton is Edmonton. still in the playoffs. Edmonton is 12-6-2. I, I actually was kind of surprised with Montreal. They're 10-5-3. And, and I just am surprised that they are yeah. where they're at. I believe it. I wasn't really surprised about Colorado, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, is there anyone that's currently in the playoff picture that you don't, you really don't think will be there at actual playoff time? I think Florida or Montreal okay. won't be there just because oh, I think back. that Toronto okay. and uh, Tampa will get it together. Can we talk about Toronto? Like, what's going on? I, okay. So, I, like, okay. What Like, what do you mean what's going on? Why are they as dominant as they should be? I mean, I feel like they're not... I don't know, the way people talk about them or the way, like, Toronto media is talking about them. And, like, I know, like, they over-exaggerate because whatever. I guess there's nothing else to do in Toronto. But you would have thought that they were at the bottom of the league. Like, they were, like, the 30th team. Like, they're right there. And, like, they've had injuries. But people, like, the way they make it sound, I didn't, like, I would have thought that Toronto hasn't even won a single game yet this season. Yeah. They're just like, everyone's terrible. 
I mean, I don't, I definitely don't think they're playing up to par. Um, but I was <clears throat> talking to a Canadians fan and like, she kind of gave me the scoop on Toronto and she was like, they're, they're, they're not as bad as everyone thinks they are. They're really not. They, are they playing? Are they playing as good as they should be? No, but it's the beginning of the season and they started off out of the gate kind of shaky. And then when Tavares went down, that didn't help. And then, um, you know, she talks about how, like, goaltending she thinks is an issue. Like, she doesn't feel solid with Freddie and Nett and definitely not the, um, not the, the backup situation. And so she said that their defense is very, very weak, which we all figured it would be. And Babcock doesn't, isn't putting Barry, isn't utilizing, util, frick, isn't utilizing Barry okay, Mark the way he should. Oh, Mark, marry me. Oh. <laughs> I don't cuss either. <laughs> um, and so, like, I mean, after Barry, it's kind of like, mm, what is going on? But their forwards are still A plus forwards, and they just have so much skill. But like in the eighty-two game season, I don't know if that mentality of just score your way out of your problems is conducive because scoring is kind of streaky and. You know, uh, that's kind of the base or the gist that I get with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Kelsey is our resident fan, <laughs> so we should but, look to her for con- like. But doesn't Freddie start every season off bad? Like his October numbers are terrible, and like by the end mm-hmm. of the season, it's like he has like the same save percentage basically every year. Yeah, it's just hard because he's, like, their only goalie. They don't really have a backup situation. So Mm -hmm. he's going to be exhausted. Um, And then Mike Babcock is making some questionable decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're they're not bad, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that Toronto uh, fans might need to calm down a little bit. I try not to tell people like how to like be a fan or whatever, but it's, they're fine. They're fine. It's just, I think that they're so used to, you know, like last year between Matthews and um, Tavares, they had like two amazing lines and things have slowed down a little bit this year. And but I mean, they're still winning their fair share of games. They're still, yeah. they're still doing fine. They're just, I do think that they have some problems with Mike Babcock. But um, on the whole, I mean, I don't think it's anything to panic about. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. Do you think the the Nazem trade hurts them more than they thought it would, or is currently hurting them more than they thought they w- it would? That's a really good question because, I mean, they needed to shore up their defense, which they definitely do with um, with Tyson Berry. But I do think that they're hurting for some additional, like, bottom six offense. Um, So I think it's like a a give and a take. Um, But I I think that that wasn't, I'd say, an expected consequence, um, but one that they haven't quite learned how to sort of bridge bridge that gap yet yeah i feel like it looks worse than it is because they're not using using tyson berry in a way in which he should be utilized yeah i definitely agree but then like 
I mean, if you put, if you use Tyson the way that he should be utilized, then what happens to Mo? Are they both on the same side? I don't think so, but I think that, like, you know, then who goes and, like, who plays top power play minutes and who, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, Tyson's very offensive. He's going to push the offense. So, like, I think I that's know, I what it is. They're not they're not using Barry on the power play at all. Isn't he on the second power play? Kelsey. Oh gosh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not sure. I haven't been able to watch very much. <laughs> Here. Someone pull up Daily Face Off. So Tyson Betty is a right handed D and Morgan is a left handed D. So why don't they just play together? That's yeah, and then Jake Muzzin's on the second yeah. one. Second. And then he plays with Travis McDermott, right? Like, hello, oh, Travis McDermott. Re- I keep saying that. We're doing your job for you. Like, <laughs> You're um, welcome. Yeah. So moving on to the Penguins. Hey, we are Penguins fans. So the Penguins' current record is 10-6-2. Uh, that's good for fourth in the Metro Division, and they are currently in a wild card spot. Um, wouldn't be the Penguins if we didn't start off with some injuries. So last episode we talked about some injuries. Well, those players are back. So uh, the Penguins played eight consecutive games without Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, Alex Galchenyuk, and Nick Bukestad. Uh, they also were without Jarek McCann. Jared McCann for two games in that stretch. Everyone who was out is now back, but we lost some more. Patrick Hornquist is out with a lower body injury, and he is on IR, so he is projected to be out longer term. Um, We're thinking maybe a month, month and a half, maybe two months. Um... And Latang is out with a lower body injury. I'm actually not sure how long his injury is supposed to be. But the I wouldn't say this is the worst injury because losing Hornquist and Chris Latang is is very bad for the Penguins. But Sid is also out with a lower body injury. And we found out that he Sid has an aggravated sports hernia. Um, and Saturday, oh, he aggravated it Saturday night, but sources say the Penguins captain has been dealing with the injury since training camp. He opted against surgery in the beginning, um, because the Penguins has lost several forwards as we just spoke about. Um, and now, uh, Sid is weighing the options of getting, um, the surgery, which will typically take four to six weeks recovery. Um, so that's not great. It's not great. You just have to they, like, it's like just or like cry. And like the Penguins played one game without Sid and they lost. And I am In like overtime. literally upset about. I was just gonna say maybe the peng- maybe it's like the Penguins need to have someone to play for, so they yeah. can't all be healthy at the same time. No, that's I definitely think that's true. I mean, remember, look at think about do it for Duper. Yeah, think do about it for Duper. didn't they do like love and Latang? All right, that wasn't a thing, but they <laughs> did play for Latang. All those times they played for Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz, Trevor Daly. Trevor Daly, his mother. Mm-hmm. Like 
Chris Kunitz taking the team on his back. Like, I mean... An icon. Literally a great. But, um, yeah, as, I'm just nervous. I don't... I mean, obviously, I don't like when the Penguins play without Sid. Um, it makes me a little nervous. It's, it's, it's clear that he gets a little nervous when they don't play with him. <laughs> but he's like, I'll just wait. But <laughs> just I, don't, like, I think oh, that he should do it now honestly so that he can like yeah. be at his best for like playoffs and stuff i completely agree um yeah i i would like it done now so like if we have to the three of us are going to do an intervention with penguins captain Sidney crosby and he'll get his surgery <laughs> and like here's the thing sid listens to the show sid Definitely, come yeah. on bud sid what are you doing i mean obviously you got time now so um <laughs> All right. Hopefully there's no more injuries. Um, Another concern that, I mean, we could technically say is an injury to the Penguins is the power play because it is, it's surely broken. Um, But surprisingly, last night, they finally got a power play goal after going 0-28. That's 11 games without a power play goal. If only they had Phil Kessel. To run the power yeah. play through. Yeah. It's definitely hurting without Phil Kessel. But Jared McCann scored last night. Um, or, I'm sorry, this probably isn't going up tomorrow. So, Jared McCann scored <laughs> against the Rangers. Um, so, that's a positive. Um, but, yeah, the power play, we all knew the power play was going to be bad. We definitely knew it was going to be bad. But I felt like at the beginning of the season, it was doing okay. And then somehow it just stopped. Yeah. Well, did it, well, I don't know if any one of us would know this off the top of our head, but did it get bad once Horny got injured? Because he's someone that's big on the power play. I will say, though, and knock on wood, but at least shorthandeds are kept to a minimum this year. Oh, like, yeah. let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> yeah, talk, talk about, about it. How we have a goalie that can stop a breakaway, so maybe that can be contributed. Can we talk? I am furious with what they're doing to Tristan Jari, which is, like, wrecking his entire, like, statistical history. by keep putting him in these, like, deficit games, and then he gets the loss, and meanwhile, he's, like, playing, like, lights out, but because they mm-hmm. started from, mm-hmm. like, Five nothing. He still ends up with the loss. I just want him to have a game of his own. <laughs> but they were putting him. They they were using him on the first first game back to back. So it they yeah. play like Tampa and then like Ottawa. But and they put Jari in against Tampa and then Murray in against Ottawa. I think I think that's weird. Why did they do that? Now that they've stopped playing him altogether. Okay, so Hornquist was a part of the power play when it was not doing good. Okay. Um, he's missed one, two, three, four games. So he was there for like six games of not going to the power play. Okay. <clears throat> it feels so much longer. I, it does feel <laughs> like it. I mean, it's been technically like th- almost three weeks. So like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty long. Um, I 
completely agree with you about Tristan Jari. They just, like, Sullivan doesn't care. I mean, like, I think about, like, when I think about rationally, he's really just treating Jari like a backup because he did the same thing with uh, DeSmith. So, like, I can't hate it. But, like, Jari is so incredibly sweet. And he's, like, trying so hard. <laughs> and the and Penguins are just like, fuck you. And he's good. Yeah, he's good. Great. He's so good. And I'm just so proud of him. Like, let's look at his save percentage. It's probably not good, but, like, come on. This is really old, but from when he was, like, this was the first time I made it out of training camp. I was like, oh. Like, can we talk? Like, he is sweet. That's so sad. (laughs) I know. They're so rude. They're so rude to him. I hate it. Okay. Oh, my God. He has one win on the season. He deserves better. And then his goal, his save percentage is point nine, point nine two, yeah, point nine two nine, and two point two five goals against, which is not bad at That's all. So Murray's That's... not doing too bad either, you know, a point nine one four. And Murray has nine wins. Yeah, Murray, all those wins. You better stop being greedy. <laughs> Share with your Don't brother. Say that to him. <laughs> Like, I just want him to share with his brother, Tristan. (laughs) And they, I think they're actually, like, friends. Like, they actually like each other. Yeah. I mean, and that's so sweet because, like, Murray, like, jumped Tristan. Yeah. And, like, like, in the depth chart. And so, like, I'm just happy that he's not, like, bitter or mean about it. He's just such a good person. Tristan Jari is just a great person. Um. It's. I remember, Chrissy, you said like it's so weird, like being ha- like liking both goalies that it's like it hasn't been like we haven't had that in so long. It's like, God, like you're so right. I haven't felt this happy towards the Penguins goalies as a group since Flurry left. I didn't really like Zakov. I didn't really know him to be honest, but he he was just like a good locker room person. Yeah, he was definitely a locker room guy. Like, he would give it to Sid, which Sid enjoys. Like, we know he likes to be attacked. So, is there anyone that you are still, that's currently surprising you, or is still surprising you in the Penguins lineup? John Marino. We did not talk about that, Angel. Go ahead. He, yeah, he's doing amazingly. Like, I think every game, like, he makes at least one play that, I find myself appreciating greatly. So, yeah, he continues to surprise and delight. Top pair. Top pair, John Marino. So I was looking at the defense today, and John Marino is such an amazing addition to the team. And he's really been doing well with Johnson on the third pair. I was shocked. Um, Actually, like... I don't believe I'm about to say this, but Johnson has actually been pretty good by the numbers so far this season. Like, actually, him and Ricola have been pretty well. And Ricola, in a lot of different pairings, have done has done really well. I don't understand why he's the first to get scratched. Especially after all he's done for this team. He played wing for this team. Like- and they won. <laughs> they won with him at wing. Like, he's just a good player, I think. Um, but then I think about, like, when Latang gets back, like, who would you take out of the line? Well, 
That was a dumb question. That was a very dumb question. <laughs> I'd take out that dumb one. Who would, but who's going to be taken? But, like, who exactly? Like, Ricola has played so well, and I'd I love know. to see a Ricola Marino pair. Um, But I also have just been loving Jared McCann. Very Like, yeah. I just. I personally think he's been so good that you can trade Nick Bukestad, but I know oh. that we cannot trade Nick Bukestad because our centers are always injured. So, like, we literally cannot because as soon as Gino came back, Sid went down. So it's like we need someone. But I will say the lineup against the Rangers that was Gensel, McCann, Galchenyuk, Never put them together again. Yeah, that wasn't working. That was not working. And, like, I was looking at it, and sometimes they got, they had face-offs in the defensive zone. And I don't know if that's because of just, like, kind of how, like, they didn't have last change, so they got stuck there. But please don't ever do that again. <laughs> they were severely <laughs> outshot and outchanced. Um, you know who did do really well? Evgeny Malkin's line. I know he had the turnover. I know. I get it. But his line, five on five, very well against the Rangers. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Galchenyuk continues to really frustrate me because he does, like, all the little yeah. things, but he just can't finish, and it's so frustrating. It and is. so and... funny because he scored 30 goals once. Okay, so I was think speaking on uh, Galchenyuk, um, Angie Carducci, um, friend of the podcast. For friend sure. of the podcast. Um, she tweeted out last night that Galchenyuk looks very much like a player in his own head at this point. It's frustrating for him, I'm sure. Frustrating to watch, too. And I think that's the best the best thing that I've seen on, the, on Galchenyuk, because... He's doing everything right. And when he p- was playing with Sid and Jake, he looked great. He did, yeah. He was everywhere. He just, he was everywhere. He just did not get a goal. And I know that can weigh on a player because we're, what, I don't know, 17, 18 games in to the season and he still doesn't have a goal. And, like, yeah, like he's playing for a contract next year. Like, these are, like, yeah. players think about this. And I, I hate because I, I feel like it's starting to happen. Like, players that, like, aren't really well known that come to Pittsburgh come and just thrive, but like kind of big name players that everyone's like, Oh my gosh, if this player thrives in Pittsburgh, they're going to be so dangerous struggle. And it's just so disheartening to see like Derek Broussard, um, Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, I just don't get it. Like I want, I love those players. I want them to do well. Please do well with the penguins, please. Do you think that's like, um, do you think that's them putting pressure on themselves? Or do you like do you think that that's them putting pressure on themselves to do really well here? Or do you think that's like the media and fans putting like pressure on them? I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's I think it's maybe like players not being able to adjust to the system. Um I don't know. A part of me wants to blame the coaching staff just because it makes me feel comfortable to blame them <laughs> because I don't want to blame the player. Mm-hmm. But I, so I really don't know. I think, I think it's a little bit of both. I think when you play with a player like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, you want to find success. 
And when you don't, that can be frustrating, especially when you see players that don't have the same pedigree as you have do well on their, on those two players lines, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I don't know, maybe I'm, this is me just projecting. I don't know, but something's going on because why is it that it, the puck's not going in? And I don't know if he's the F. Galchenyuk's the type of player where it's like, you know, once he gets one, he's getting three. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like back-to-back, he scores in bunches. I really don't know. So, that's concerning, for sure. Um, That he does chip in offensively in different ways, but Mm -hmm. I just want want him to be the goal scorer that I know he can be. Yeah. I want a 30, I want him to score 30 goals because... Like deserves it. We all know that we all he absolutely deserves it. Yes, but we all know that Kessel trade was not even, and so I want people to shut up about Galchenyuk and yeah, him, like he's a thirty goal scorer now. Like it's not just one season; it's also seasons with the Pens. Yeah. So, and I also just want that for his for his his next contract, whether it's in Pittsburgh or not. I want him to get the money. I think that he's deserved. And I just, I feel like he's been moved around so much. Like, I'd love him to, yeah. like, fit in with the Penguins and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about the Penguins? Please do yeah, well, we'll, boys. See. Please. Do well while Sid heals. Please get the surgery, Sid, and have a winning... And let the boys have a winning record while you're out. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. In the name of the from our from our mouths to Amanda Kessel's ears, oh, let this happen. Okay. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank <laughs> you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to ask us any questions, comments, concerns about today's episode, or maybe future topics for future episodes, you can always reach us at where's underscore my underscore stick. We'd really appreciate it if you guys rate and review on iTunes just because it helps um, other hockey fans uh, know about our podcast. And if there's any way you can review on like Stitcher or wherever you listen to uh, the podcast that's not iTunes, please do that. Um, yeah, I think that's it for us. Uh, we promise to be more consistent-ish. <laughs> yeah, in the future. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.